Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, guest speaker John Urban begins a new series entitled Sweet Spot. In this message, we examine the book of Galatians and what Paul was trying to convey to these churches. All too often, we as Christians can forget the simplicity of the gospel. Listen as John reminds us of just how extraordinary the gospel truly is. How we doing, Connection? We good? Come on, come on. All right. All right, now look. We just sang a song about the redeeming power of Jesus Christ, right? That means that maybe when we come in here, we can get a little pumped up. We can actually move around a little bit. We can clap our hands about how incredible Jesus is, right? Because the death has been defeated, right? We, we know that, right? And that we know that the enemy's been defeated, that now Christ reigns on his throne. So, so when we come in here, we're going to get a little excited. You know, when we come here on Easter Sunday, right, that's the Sunday that... You know, Jesus basically took names, kicked butt, you know, he tore it up. And so we come in here, we celebrate. And what do we say? We say the tomb was empty, right? Now Jesus is alive. The tomb's empty. We come in here, we cheer, we go crazy. Well, it's June 9th, 2011. And guess what? The tomb is still empty. Jesus is still alive. So that means that we, you know, we we get a little excited, right? I want this whole Sunday to be a time for us to remember the gospel, for us to remember all that Christ did for us. Um, my name's John. I am the director of student ministries here at the church. Um, Brandon's out of town. He's taken a much-needed vacation. Um, and so just uh, ask that you all be praying for, uh, for their family. Um, they go down there with a bunch of other families. Um, they're going to uh, St. Augustine. Um, they're going to have an incredible time. But uh, he asked me to come and to speak to you all, and I am just thrilled to be able to do so. It's always an incredible opportunity to be able to share what's on your heart. Um, obviously, we're kicking off a new series. This series is called Sweet Spot. And uh, when Brandon was telling me about this series, the way he was kind of describing it is um, in many sporting um, arenas, um, there's this, this idea known as the sweet spot, um, maybe in baseball or in tennis or in golf, uh, but we'll use the baseball example, um, is that you know, when you're up at bat and you, you go to swing the bat, that there's this one spot on the bat called the sweet spot, that when you make contact with the sweet spot, it just it takes off. You know, it's, just, it's out of the park. You don't even feel it hit the bat. It's just that one spot that you strive to hit, go for. That's the one thing that you can do better than anything else. That's the one spot that you can just you can hit it out of the park every single time when you, when you hit it there. And so he's, he's saying, you know, what if we had a chance to be able to talk in your particular sweet spot and to, to the thing that you were just so passionate about, the thing that you could hit out of the park. And when I first heard that I was going to be speaking, I'm like, well, I don't really speak all that often, and so I don't really know what my sweet spot would be. Um, but I figured the thing that I could talk to you all most passionately about will be what I have just been going through myself, because that's what's on the forefront of my mind. And so I've just recently uh, finished going through the book of Galatians. Um, to be honest, I, uh, I had been really struggling in trying to stay in the Word, and um, I don't know if, if y'all struggle with that same thing, but for me, that's one of my biggest struggles is just to constantly stay in the Word. And so there was, I was just going through a season where it was just kind of hit and miss, and I was like, you know what, I really want to get into this. I really want to go through a, a good book and really start studying. And, and so I just opened up, and my Bible kind of flipped to Galatians, and I was like, all right, let's start going through this. And um, I just it really rejuvenated me, and... Um, really allowed me to um, learn so much more about God and, and really deeper my relationship with him. And so that's what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to um, go through a little bit of uh, Galatians and, and see kind of what, uh, what Paul was trying to talk to these churches about. To give you a little background on Galatians, um, basically this is a, a letter that Paul uh, wrote to several churches in the area of Galatia. And many of these churches, they were most, mostly made up of people that grew up in the, in the Jewish faith. And so when they heard the whole concept of Jesus, this was kind of a new concept for them. 
And so they're still trying to learn about this There's, because they are so used to how the law was set up that this is just a new thing for them. This, this is something that they are just trying to, trying to understand. And so they're struggling with that. And Paul, Paul kind of recognizes that. He sees this in them. He sees that, you know, they've experienced Christ, but now they're starting to kind of revert and go back to some of their old ways. And so this is just him writing a letter to them saying, look, I just want to check up on y'all, see how are y'all doing, and um, kind of uh, help them kind of get back on pace again. And so... Um, we're just going to jump right in. Um, right in the beginning of the letter, um, Paul kind of does the normal, you know, just greeting. Hey, how you doing? I'm Paul. What's up? Um, hope you're having a good day. And, you know, kind of spends a couple of verses doing that. But then he jumps right in. And we're going to start off in um, chapter 1 in verse 6. And we're going to read verses 6 through 9. Um, this is what it says. It says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. When I read that, I was like, wow, like, Paul doesn't kind of ease into this, does he? He kind of, you know, this is not, you know, easing the Band-Aid off. He's ripping the Band-Aid right off and going, guys, what's going on? All right, I just, I just don't get it. Why are you so quickly deserting and going to something that's, that's different from what Christ showed you, right? And he's, he's really just comes at them because the thing is that Paul just doesn't get it. He's like, I don't understand how if you've experienced Christ, how now you can f- flee back to this, this other thing. And, and kind of what they started doing is you have to understand that this was so new to them. This whole concept of Christ, this whole concept of him fulfilling the law was new to them. They just, they didn't understand it because all they had known was that the law is what fulfilled them. The law is what made them righteous, what made them holy, what made them blameless. And so for Christ to be able to take all of that off of them and to be that curse for them, just like we sang about, it was just, it was new. And so it's not that they had forgotten about it. It's not that they didn't remember that way. Christ just died on the cross you know, and saved us from all this. But they just started reverting back to some of those old ways. They started going back to, to these old ways of thinking. And um, I think that so often we kind of, um, we do the same stuff. We, um, we, we kind of fall back into our own old ways. And um, I've heard this said before that um, there's actually five Gospels. Um, we all know the, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, the four uh, eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. But I've heard there's actually a fifth Gospel. And, what, and people refer to this gospel as the Christian gospel. And, and the way they've described this before is that this is the gospel that we think is in the Bible. This is what we want to believe about God. This is what we, we think is in there. These are the things that we're like, you know, when, when we start saying things that, you know, that, you know, um, that God's not going to put more on us than we can handle. You know, that, that, that just makes sense. But, you know, now we've realized that God absolutely will put morals in a hand. He'll always provide us a way out. And so we kind of take, you know, a little half-truth of something, and we kind of, we turn it a little bit. And as Paul says, we kind of pervert it a little bit. And there's so many things that, you know, we don't, we, we don't understand how a good and loving God could send somebody to hell, right? And so we, we try to make, we try to do different things to make that okay. And so we, we say, well, well, really, if, as long as somebody's a good person, and we start perverting a little bit, we start changing what Christ actually talked about because we don't want to believe those things. And we just, we, we come up with our own version of things. That's exactly what they are doing right here. They're kind of, they're not going way off um, of the spectrum, but they're just kind of taking something that they've heard and they're turning it a little bit so that it fits into the mold that they've always come to know. 
And, and for Paul, he just doesn't get this. He's like, I don't understand how y'all have witnessed what Christ has done and you still want to go back to this old way of doing things. Like, it just, it just doesn't make sense to Paul. You know, now Paul, we, we know that he was raised in the Jewish faith. He, he was one of those guys that he was the stud. You know, he, you know, for his age, he was passing and going further along in the Jewish faith than so many other people his age. And so he was really kind of um, a very strong leader in, in, the, in the, uh, the church at this time. And so when, when he had his interaction with Christ, it changed him, you know, he did a complete 180. And so for him, he knew that change needed to take place, and he had to constantly, every single day, continue to point his eyes on Christ. Otherwise, he, would, he knew he would fall back into that old way of thinking. And so when he witnesses the same stuff going on in the, um, at the church in, in Galatia, he's just confused by it. And so what he begins doing is he begins pointing people back to the cross again. And that's the thing that we have to do every single time in our lives when we are struggling, when we are going through something, we have to continue to fix our eyes on, on Christ. And so what Paul does is that when he, when he first opened up this letter, you know, it was, it was really ripping that band-aid off, and he was coming at them, and he was really, you know, being very bold with them. And so he knew that he needed to kind of give himself some credentials to be able to speak like this. And so the next kind of couple paragraphs, he begins talking about why he has the ability to speak like this, what, how Christ has been revealed to him. And he kind of almost proves himself for a little bit, not, to, not in an arrogant way, but so that this church knew that, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Maybe we should take him serious. And so he kind of does that the next couple chapters. And then he really begins pointing him to the cross. And this is what we see he does. Now we're in chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse um, 16, or the second part of verse 16. This is what he points them back to. He says, So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we, we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. And so he points out what, they, what they're doing. They're wanting to go back to the law. He points back, again, that we've got to go back to Christ again, because it's only through Christ. He goes down later in uh, verse 20. This is a very, very popular verse. Many of us have heard it before. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I want us to remember that verse throughout the rest of this service because that is the, the heart of everything. It's that, that whole idea of Christ living within us. He continues on and he says in verse 21, he says, For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Okay, he points back again. He's like, look, y'all are wanting the law to, to make you righteous. But if that, if that happened, then that means that Jesus, all right, we just saw that this Jesus, he died a death through crucifixion, right? One of the worst deaths imaginable. And he points out to them, he's like, so are you really saying that you want Jesus to have died in vain? And, and, and he, he, he points them again back to the cross. He's like, look, this is everything. You don't understand what just happened. You don't understand that this is the meaning of it all. This is what pulls us and allows us to have that relationship with him. And, and the thing that I begin asking is, is I look at that church and I go, why would they do that? Why would they want to go back to that old way? Because obviously we can look at it and we can, we're so thankful that we are not under the law. Like, I don't know if you ever get to that point where you're just extremely thankful for that, but I would have been horrible living in Old Testament times. I would have been the worst person at it. And, um, I'm just so thankful for, for just the idea of, of Christ and what that means. Um, but I think sometimes we just we lose sight of it, and we don't know how to relate to this. And so um, I was thinking the other day, and I think in our own lives, we do this, this same thing just in, in different ways. Um, for example, I, um, a lot of times when I leave my house in the morning, if I'm low on gas, um, there's a gas station right outside of my uh, 
neighborhood, and I'll go to get gas there at, the, um, at that gas station. And so I'll get in my car, and I'll kind of tell myself, all right, this is right outside of the neighborhood. I don't even leave the neighborhood to, to get to it. I don't need to put on my seatbelt because it's just it's 200 feet away. Um, I probably shouldn't be telling you all this because you should put on your seatbelt every single time, but forget that. So I you know, try to tell myself, look, I'm going to get right back out of the car. So I get to the gas station, I go to get out of the car, and of course I can't get out of the car because my seatbelt somehow got on throughout that 200 feet. I don't know when it took place, but my parents, when I was growing up, they so ingrained in me to put on your seatbelt, put on your seatbelt, put on your seatbelt, that now I don't even think about it. I don't even think about putting on that seatbelt. I just, I find myself and all of a sudden it's, it's on. And, but I, I, was, I told myself, I was like, I don't need to put this on. You know, I knew that, I knew I wouldn't need to do that, but I just fell back in that old way. Another thing that I've done before is... Um, I don't have trash service at my house because um, for some reason I don't want to spend $11 on trash per month, but I'll send that, spend that um, for a hot and ready, you know, two of those very easily every single week. And so, again, is that not the best bargain in the whole wide world is the hot and ready? Like, I just, I mean, I, hopefully I can get some free publicity through um, Little Caesars now for pumping their business, but that's a little bit of tangent, but... Best deal in states for Anyways, but what I'll do is that, um, so I'll take my trash, and a lot of times I'll take it up to the church. And so I'll take my trash, and I'll put it in my car. Um, we'll take just a second to talk about my car for a second. My car's name is Rhonda. She is very, um, very close to my heart. I care for her deeply. If you ever speak a bad word about her, it's not going to be good. Um, I'm very wiry, and I will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fight because I just care for her so much. Um, but I would take the trash and I would put it in the trunk. Now, there's some of you out there that have made the connection that I have made. And that, yes, that means that I have to put junk in Rhonda's trunk. Um, and so um, I just wanted to make that joke. There's no biblical reference whatsoever in there. I just wanted to say junk in the trunk um, on the stage at church. Um, so I would put the trash in the trunk. I would begin my journey to church to throw it in the dumpster there. Don't tell the Bullock um, County because they will find me for that. But I, w- I would put it in there and I'd be driving. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pull up the dumpster. I'm going to take the trash out. I'm going to put it into the dumpster. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to, you know, get my job done. And I would tell myself that over and over and over again as I was driving. Well, I would, of course, pull into church. I'd pull right on up to my normal parking spot. I'd go on in get to work, check some emails. And then I'd be like, hey, it's about lunchtime. I want to break for lunch. And uh, so I would run on out to my car. I'd open my car. And I learned several things very quickly. The first thing was I did not take out the trash of my car. The second thing is this is a Statesboro hot summer day. The third thing, chicken wings the night before was not a good idea. And so now my car is just reeking of trash. And I'm like, how did I forget again? And this has happened numerous and numerous times. I'm like, I told myself over and over and over and over again to take the trash out, take the trash out. But again, I'm so used to when I uh, pull into the parking lot, I go to my spot, I get out. That's just, that's what I do. And you, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever moved or you got a different job. If you ever found yourself driving back to your old job or driving back to your old house, just because you don't even think about it. Um, the final thing that I think is just such a perfect example of this, um, strangely enough, has to do with trash as well. Um, but um, when I first got my house, I would put my trash can in my pantry. And I started thinking about that. So many people do that, but it really doesn't make any sense, does it? Because we're putting our trash in the same room that we put all of our fresh food. Um, it doesn't really make much sense, but for some reason, we, you know, I guess we just don't want the trash can to be seen. And so I realized that it was kind of stinking up that room, and I'm like, okay. I need to take this trash can out. I'm going to put it next to one of my cabinets in, um, 
in my kitchen. And so I take it out, and, but for the next nine months, every single time I go to throw something away, I go open up the pantry door, and I get so furious because I forget every single time. And I'll hear my roommates, and I'll be in the other room, and all of a sudden I'll, I'll hear them walking through the house, and all of a sudden I hear a pantry door open, and they'll be like, dang it, not again, I forgot. And so it's like, and, and I started thinking about that for a second, and I'm like, I know that the trash can isn't in the pantry anymore. Like, I've told myself that, and I came to the conclusion that this is a better solution. This is a better way of doing things. I need to take the trash out because I don't want to stick up the, the good food. I know this. I'll even walk by it. I'll see it sitting there and go, oh, there's the trash can, and I'll go ahead and open on up the, the pantry, and I'm like, I forgot again, and sometimes I'll just still throw it down on the floor of the pantry because I'm just angry, but... Um, Luckily, I have roommates that, you know, pick up after me. Um, but I would just, and I would just get so fresh. And it's been a year now, and I still do it to this day because I got so used to when I had to go throw something away, I, I put, it, put it in the pantry. That's, that's where it went. And I think it's the same thing for us is that so often we get into these just routines of our life. We get into these routines of, of thinking a certain way or looking at things a certain way. And even though we might figure out something is better, and we see that this is, this is a better solution, we still fall back into that old ways. And I think that there's so many metaphors in this because we realize that, here, this is the trash. We don't want to associate the trash with the good things of this life, right? We don't want to associate the junk in our life with, with these other things. And so we decide, this is bad. We, I don't want it over here. I'm going to take it out, and I'm going to put it over here because this is where it belongs. And then, and then we creep over, and we find ourselves falling back into that thing again. I think the other thing is that the junk of our life, that when you take that out of that closed space, that pantry environment, and you take it and you bring it into the light, that's when you see change begin to happen. That's when you see God begin moving in you. Now, it's tough. It's really tough to keep that, that, um, that, that stuff out in the open because we want to revert back to those old ways. But we've made the decision, this is better. I know this is going to be a better, better thing. It's going to be tough, and I'm going to forget. I'm going to, going to, going to forget that this is the, the better, better thing to do, but I don't want to go back over here. But we have, we have the option, too, is that we have the option when we find ourselves back opening up an old door in our life, something that we struggle with or something that we maybe a fear or a doubt or just a, another way of thinking, a lot of times we'll find ourselves and we'll open that door again. But in that moment, we have the choice because we can close that door. And we can walk back and we can say, look, I, yeah, I, I kind of found myself in this spot again, but I'm, I know that's not right. And I know I'm going to head back over here. I know that this, this is a better, better choice. That's what Paul is trying to say to them. Now, so, so, so often it's hard for us to relate to them. It's hard for us to, to see that. But I think in our own lives, we have those same things. We can relate to that. We can relate to those things that we just, we fall back in. But it's got to be that choice that we make. And so... But when, when Paul looks at these things, and it's, it's, it's almost ridiculous because it's like, how can I forget to where my trash can's at? I mean, it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm not that smart of a guy, apparently. Like, you know, they talk about how the brain has all these capabilities and we only use, you know, a certain percentage of it. And apparently I don't use that, even that percentage of it. But this should be such a simple concept, but so, for so often it's not. And so what Paul does is, is later on, he, he gets to chapter three, right? And he, again, he's still kind of perplexed by all of this. And he realizes these just silly things in, our, in, in, in their lives that they keep on going back to. And this is what he says to them. He goes, you foolish Galatians. And, I, and when I read that, I'm like, can the Bible call you foolish? Like, that's just kind of mean. And, but he goes on, he almost gets a little sarcastic. He says, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. 
I would like to learn just one thing from you. Now, did you receive it by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Again, he's just, he's, he's so sarcastic in this. He goes, after beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And he's sitting there, and he's, like, he's just challenging them. He's going, come on, like, don't miss this. Don't miss what Christ has for you. And, and, and the way that he's done it now, it's so much better. I know you want to go back to these old ways. I know you want to revert. But, but he begins pointing them the other direction. But still, he kind of questions it. And, and Paul, later on in the letter, he talks about, he's like, you know, I, I fear that maybe I've wasted my efforts on you. Maybe I've wasted my time. And I, when, I, when I read that, I'm like, wow, that, is, that had to hit so hard. That had to, because he's sitting there and just calling them out. He's like, I mean, I don't even know if y'all were worth it. And, and it's like, I hear that, and I'm like, I would have probably gotten kind of angry about that. And like, who are you to say that to me? I remember when I was growing up, um, I got very competitive in tennis, and I had a, had a private coach and um, got lessons from him for a couple of years. Um, after I stopped taking lessons with him, I kind of you know, st- stopped playing as much and um, I saw him a couple years later. He was a friend of the family, and uh, I was talking to him, and he was just asking how things were going. He's like, so you still playing? And I'm like, eh, not really as much anymore. And he's like, yeah, I kind of figured that would happen. And that got me very upset. Um, I was just like, how dare you say that? And I just, I mean, he's lucky he didn't. I mean, I couldn't do anything to him. Am I kidding me? Um, but if I could have done something, I would have done something to him. Um, but I was just so frustrated. And, like, I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, honestly, I can't really get that mad at him because I did stop. I didn't keep on playing. And so, you know, that, so I realized that sometimes we can get mad all we want, but the truth is the truth. And that's what, he, that's what Paul begins pointing out to them is that he's like, look, I don't really care if you get mad at me in this letter. And he's, he, he, throughout the whole letter, he uses such bold language and such bold things that he's like, look, I want y'all to hear this. And I don't care. Be mad at me all you want. But this is the truth. This is the thing that you've got to hear. And so he continues on. And this, oh, this, is, this is where it gets good. This is where Paul begins pointing them back to that cross again and reminding them of the simple thing that they forgot so easily. Just a second ago, we sang that song, Embracing Accusation. Um, the first time I heard that song um, was here in Statesboro at the Performing Arts Center. A band named Shane and Shane came here and performed, and um, they're the ones that wrote that. And uh, they, they started playing this song. This was the, the first time I'd ever heard this song. This was the, the beginning of their tour. They'd actually only played this song a couple times. This is one of the first times they had even ever played it live. And they start playing the song. And I don't know if you were like me when I first heard that song, but it's kind of depressing, isn't it? It's kind of, you kind of, you start feeling down. You're like, because it's talking about how the devil's preaching this song over us, that we are cursed and gone astray. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, man, you're, you're right. And I start, you start buying into that lie and you start buying into, and you start feeling this weight. And I'm sitting there and we're just, we're all sitting there in, the, in this big room and they're singing this song. And we're all just kind of sitting there and like, we're just kind of bummed out. We're like, what, what are they singing about? They're singing about the, what the devil's singing over. This is, this is weird. And, and you, they go on in the song and they, they continue. They, they see how, but he gets to this point where he says, but he's right. 
hallelujah, he's right. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are they celebrating the fact that Satan is right? And then it gets to that point, right? It gets to that point of the song where they go, he's forgotten the refrain. Jesus saves. And I remember when, when they sang that note, the whole auditorium, we're just sitting there and we just go, and we lose it. Like, we just were like, Are you, oh my gosh. Like, and I realized, like, I forgot. I, and you know, he talked about the song after he sang it. And he talked about how he was in a season in his life where he was just really feeling that, that, that weight. He was feeling that, um, that condemnation from the enemy. And he was just like, he started buying into that lie that, that you know, I'm just, I'm not good enough. I just, I'm not going to be anything. And I'm just, um, you just start struggling. And maybe he was, um, there's certain things in our lives that maybe we have a fear or we have a doubt or we have a, something that we're questioning or we're struggling with. And we just start getting, we just start getting, we just feel like the weight of the world is on us. And that's how he, how he was feeling. And he said that um, they were getting ready to play a show at a, at a, at a college. And um, he just kind of went down to the basement and he was just, you know, just kind of thinking through all this stuff. And he was reminded of a verse in, in Galatians. And the, and the verse said that cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. And he goes, whoa. He goes, even God is telling me that I can't do it. Even God is saying the same thing that Satan's been singing to me, that you are worthless, that you can't do it. And so for a couple minutes, he's just sitting there going, look, I'm telling myself this stuff. Satan seems to be telling me this stuff. God seems to be telling, telling me this stuff. What am I going to do? And he just, he was struggling with that and he was just weeping. And he said that all of a sudden, he's like, he's like I really feel like this is where, you know, Holy Spirit entered in. And he was reminded that there was a second part to, to that passage. And he remember what that passage said. And it said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And he said he sat there and he goes, oh, yeah, Jesus. Oh, yeah, like, how did I forget the gospel? And he's like, look, I'm... I'm sitting here, I'm a worship leader that travels around proclaiming the greatness of God, and I sat here and forgot the gospel. I forgot that, oh yeah, you're right, we can't do anything because Christ has already done it for us, and that he, is, he has been that curse for us. And it just, it changed everything. That's where this song came from. And I thought about that, and I'm like, how many times are we in that same spot where it's not that we forget that Jesus died for us. Like, we still know that. It's not like when we hear about it, we're like, wait, what? He, he died for us. No, like, we just forget it in the moments. We forget the hope and all the power that, that comes through having a, a, a life with Christ, um, what happens through that. And so, um, and so I started thinking about that, and I, I started thinking about going back to Galatians 2.20, where it talks about how we can be alive in Christ. And I'm like, what does that mean? What, where, where does that come from? And I, and I realized that all those times that I come back to those old ways of thinking, I begin living in myself. It's not Christ living in me that's doing that. It's myself living in me. And I, and I begin reverting back to those old ways. And, and that's what, what Paul is challenging me. He's saying, look, with Christ, so much comes. This is, not, this is so much more than him dying on a cross. That when he died, that there's so much more to the gospel than just that. That with the gospel comes power comes authority comes a freedom to be able to conquer this world you know the, he, he talks about later on in galatians about the fruit of the spirit about about how when we invite christ into our life we get, get to experience those things 
You know, he talks about, in, in chapter 5, about having freedom in Christ. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And I thought about that, and I'm like, wow, what does free freedom really look like? What does that really mean not to be in that yoke of slavery anymore? And I think the, the best way I've been able to understand it is this, is that and it all falls under grace. It all falls, falls under this idea of grace. And the way I've looked at it, is that Romans 8.1 says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We know that God's mercies are new every single day. And so bottom line, I cannot do a thing about what happened yesterday, what happened earlier on in my life, what happened an hour ago. I cannot do anything about it. But we know that through grace, we have already been forgiven for that. And so God's like, look, I'm not happy about that stuff, but I don't even care anymore because we're going to move forward. We're going to go ahead. And so he says, look, let's focus on today. But we also know in Matthew where it talks about how we're not guaranteed tomorrow, right? We're not guaranteed what's, what's going to come tomorrow. And so we can't worry about that. Now, in this, in this freedom, does that mean that we can just continue to sin? Like, just like it says in Romans 6, by no means. You know, we don't need to continue to sin just so that grace can abound. So we know that through this freedom, that we have freedom from all those old things, and we can, you know, that we can just focus on today. Now, does that mean, you know, we shouldn't plan and we shouldn't, you know, you look to the future? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that all we can work on is today. All that we can go after is, is finding victory here today. And so whatever it is that we might be struggling with at the moment, you know, like for me, a lot of times it's just staying in the word. You know, it's, it's kind of crummy that me, a, a person that works at a chur- church, struggles to stay in God's word, but it's the truth. Um, and so when I think about reading my Bible every single day the rest of my life, that gets a little overwhelming. But when I think about the fact that, could I read it today? And I go, I could probably read it today. I could probably do today. That's all I need to worry about. You know, maybe, um, you know, for, for a lot of us, we're like, wait, I um. I can't have sex until I'm married. Like, that could be 10 years from now. That could be 20 years from now. And, but, you know, I almost challenge you. Well, could you not have sex today? I could probably do that. You know, I'm not going to be happy about it, but I could probably do that, right? You know, or whatever it may be. Or maybe, you know, it's, you know, I just I struggle with gossip. You know, well, can you just not gossip today? Okay. And now, I also, I don't want to get the idea that this is a do and don'ts list. Because that's not what, what Christ has invited us to. That is not that when he has invited us into, into a life and a relationship with him, he wants to take care of all that stuff. He wants us to keep our eyes focused on the cross. And if we are focused on the cross, and we're like, you know, in 2.12, the youth minister here at, um, at Connection, our mission statement is to be sold out followers of Jesus Christ. Because bottom line, if we are sold out for Christ and we are going as hard as we can after him, all that other junk is going to take care of itself. It's going to, Jesus is going to come in. He's going to begin working on all, all that stuff. Is it going to happen overnight? Probably not. But I'm, just, I'm going to point the students that are here at this church, I'm going to point them to Jesus. Can I stop them from, you know, whatever it may be, from drinking or cussing or whatever? I probably can't, but I can point them to Christ. And if they're pursuing Christ, you know what? They're probably not going to want to be doing those things because they're going to be, going to be on their knees before the Father of Heaven. They realize that he is the only thing that they can go after And you know what? It's a whole lot simpler to do that. It's a whole lot easier to point them to Christ than try to fix their whole mess because that's Christ's responsibility to to fix our mess. Because remember, he became the curse for us. And so, you know, I I just think about this, that that having victory one day at a time is such an easier thing. Now, do I have victory every single day? No, it doesn't happen every single day. But just like I said, well, that day's gone now, so I'm going to try again today. And I'm going to try again the next day. I'm going to try again the next day. 
And the bottom line is that I think the, the point of everything is that as Paul closes up in Galatians, there, I mean, there's, there's so much more in Galatians. I can, obviously, I can't cover everything. But he says something, um, almost the last sentence in Galatians. He says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. All right, now circumcision, this is one of those things. This is one of those things that they began saying, okay, I realize that Christ has fulfilled all this, but maybe we still need to do this. Maybe, and this was just one of those things they added to the list. One of those things that are like, well, I think we still might need to do this. And they just, they started perverting things. They started changing it up. And so he's saying, look, it's not that. It is a new creation. And going back to Galatians 2.20, that we can be made alive in Christ and have Christ living in us, that when we are a new creation, that takes place. And again, being that new creation, seeing that life go from one thing to another, if y'all have missed it, if y'all are, are questioning it, that is what this church is all about. That is what we get more excited about than anything else. When we see someone's life go from darkness into life, when we see them go from the old self, that old, old way of doing things, and they become that new creation that has Christ living with them, and do they have everything together? Absolutely not. But they begin, they start trying to point themselves to Christ. That, we just, we go crazy. And that's, I get so excited about that. I remember um, several months ago, we were in a service and um, somebody had, had um, asked to receive Christ and Brandon called me up to, to be able to pray for this person. And um, the next week, the same thing happened. And, I, and I'm telling you, there's nothing better than praying with somebody to receive Christ. Like that doesn't get old. Like I don't get tired of that. It's not like I'm going to come to a service and go, well, I guess I want to have to pray with somebody again. Like, gosh, there's too many people accepting Christ. Like I'm never going to get tired of that. Like I'm going to get so pumped up about that. And the thing that I wonder is, are we excited about that as well? Are we excited about seeing people remember the gospel? Are we excited about seeing people leaving that old life and coming into that new creation and do we encourage that? And do we challenge people with that? And the bottom line is that we should be, when we walk in these doors, we should be on pins and needles. Because here's the, here's the bottom line, is we never know what's going to happen in this service. We never know what's going to happen in a conversation with somebody at lunch. We never know what's going to happen in, 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 our, in our class or in our work environment. But we know one thing on a Sunday morning is that the gospel is going to be presented here. And so, you know, I wonder, like, when we come in, are we anticipating the end of the service? Because you know, you know that at the end of the service, Brandon's going to create that opportunity for somebody to receive Christ, for somebody to invite Christ into their life. And he's, we've talked about it before. We've talked about how, you know, is that redundant? Does that get old? You know, do, you know, do we need to change it up or do something different? And we start thinking about it, and we're like, why would we ever not want to do that? And because I think the, the tendency is we, sometimes we almost get tired of that spot. We're like, all right, well, here it comes. You know, pastor's going to talk about this. People are going to, you know, bow their heads, raise hands, stand up, go to the front, whatever it may be. And we almost like we look at that time as just, you know, well, this is just the normal thing. This is just an, another part of the service. And we don't, we don't pay attention to that time. And, and, and that was me too. And, but the, the thing is, is now every single service Honestly, I'm sitting there going, Brandon, I wish you would hurry up and finish because I want to see maybe today is the day that someone's eternity begins. And when we begin looking at it that way, it changes everything. And, 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 I, and I think, what, what would that look like if we all got that excited about seeing people come to know Jesus? 
But the thing is, is that, you know, when I was in college and I um, would come to church, you know, I'd always get to church late. You know, not because I wasn't a passionate Christian, not because I didn't want to hear the message. I just, I was like, I was just tired. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll get there. It's, and, you know, and, but there was no urgency. One, there was no urgency for me to go and praise God. For me to say, hey, there's an opportunity that I get to remember the gospel again here today on a Sunday morning. And I get to praise the God that has done everything for me. That has, you know, that has become a curse for me. So honestly, like if there's ever an opportunity for, the, for me to be able to do that, I should probably have some type of urgency in that, some type of ability to want to do that as, as, as quickly as I can. But then there's a second side is that there was no urgency, urgency in me to be able to witness somebody else doing that. And, and here's the thing. Last week, we watched a video of my brother we watched a video of this brother that I thought was impossible for God. He was the impossibility for me, for God. I didn't, I, I just, it's not that he was so far gone or he was a bad person or anything like that. I just didn't think that he was ever going to have a relationship with, with Christ because it was, it was one of those things I was like, all right, God, I know you're all powerful. I know you can do anything, but you don't, but this is Patrick we're talking about. Like, I just didn't see it happening, you know? And <laughs> And it was just so sad because I doubted God in that, all right? And, and if you had told me last year that I would have a sticker here that said, God and I spoke, and I know you are going to do awesome today from my brother that he put on my laundry room door this morning. If you had told me that last year, um, there's no way I could have believed that. There's no, because... This was, this was him we were talking about. And, and it was one of the things that we all have something in our life that we go, look, I know God is all-powerful, but look, you don't know blank. You don't know this person. You don't know this situation. God, this is cancer we're talking about, all right? Like, I know you, you're a God of healing, but look, this is, this is cancer. And the bottom line is I can't describe, I can't explain how it happened. But all I know is that my brother is going to spend eternity with me now. So that is something that I'm never going to get tired about talking about. All right. And so it could be that every single time I preach, every single time I share with people, I'm probably going to talk about Patrick because he was that thing that nobody thought that I didn't think was possible. And yet God moved in his life in an incredible way. He became a new creation. He began seeing, and does he have everything together now? No, but his eyes are focused on Christ now. He's focusing in on him. And for that, for me, he was that one person. Okay. Brandon talked about in the lies of religion series, he talked about how it's, you know, the lies that it's not about the numbers. And he said, no, it is all about the numbers because God is always about the one person. For me, my brother was that one person, but anybody that's in this room that is sitting there going, I've forgotten the gospel, or I've never heard this before. I'm ready to make this change. That's someone's brother. That's someone's sister. That's someone's mother, father, son, daughter, whatever it may be. And the thing is, is that I have a bunch of friends that have been sitting here watching Patrick's journey. And so they've been able to rejoice with me. They've been able to celebrate what has gone on. And there's times that I sit there and I, I don't even know what to think. Cause I'm like, I don't even realize that this has just happened. You know, there's other times that I just want to start jumping up and down. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, God, like you are like, anything is possible. Right. I'm spitting everywhere. So just go past that. All right. So but the bottom line is that they've been able to rejoice with me. They've been able to celebrate this. And it's just been such an incredible time in our connect room where we get to celebrate it there, where I get to celebrate it over dinner with people. And the bottom line is I want you all to be able to celebrate with whoever it is that's in a room that gets to begin their journey with Christ. I want to be something, that to be something that we are banging on those doors to get in here because we're like, you know what? It could happen today. 
But bottom line is that half of us can't get here until the second song. Now, I'm not trying to, to come down on us, but I'm like, where's the urgency? Where's the urgency of seeing Christ do something in this room, to see Christ doing something in people's lives? I, I desperately want to see it. I know now, obviously, God had to hit me in my face and go, look, I can do anything I want to do, all right? And so, you know what? Go after it and go hard and just see what happens. And that's what we're going to do. At weekend and week out, we are going to preach the gospel. And, and if somebody ever says, you know what, I think y'all share the gospel too much, then we're probably going to flick them on their forehead and go, you're missing it. Because this is everything. This is what we get so excited about. I remember, uh, and we'll, we'll close up here in a second, that um, I was watching Conan O'Brien, and I, was, I really love his show. Um, and I was watching him talking about... Um, when he was leaving The Tonight Show, um, there was that whole hoopla with him and, and uh, uh, Jay Leno. And he talked about how the response he got from his fans was just incredible, that they made websites, they, you know, made signs that say, I'm with Coco, that, you know, that, that's his nickname, by the way, um, that, you know, that they were just so supportive and that on his very last show of The Tonight Show, people camped out in the rain to be there for that last show. And he was so blown away by it. Because he's like, wow, all these people, they're here to support me. But they're also there because they're like, who knows what's about to happen here in this, this last episode. He can do anything he wants. And so I just want to see this. I want to witness this. And I thought about that. What if we did the same thing for a Sunday morning? The same thing when we were going to have a conversation with someone we know did not know Christ. That we were sitting there in such anticipation and such urgency and ready, and ready to see what God was going to do. And, and, and so, so here's the thing. Here's this, this morning. Maybe you're sitting there and you're going and you, 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 you listen to the song. You've, um, you've, you've listened to the words that I've, I've shared this today. You've listened to what God has um, had, had told you know, the, the church in, in Galatia. And, and you're sitting there and going, you're like, you know what? I've just forgotten things. You know, it's, it, it's, it's been a simple thing, but I've just forgotten it. And I've forgotten the simplicity of the gospel. It's not that I've forgotten it, you know, totally. Like I, I know, you know, what, what has happened, but I've, I've you know, just gone on down this other path because it just made sense to me. It was a little bit more comfortable. Maybe you're, you're in this room and this is just, this is new to you. you. You just didn't understand what Christ did for us. You didn't understand what he did by becoming a curse for us. And for you, you're sitting there and your heart is just, is going, I need to do something. I, I need to make this decision. And and so, the, you know, the, the way we do it here is this is not something that somebody should be ashamed about. This is not something that um, we shy away from. And, and so we don't do the head, every head bowed and every eyes closed because this is what, like I said, we celebrate. This is what we want to go crazy about. Um, I know anything is possible now. I know, and, you know, sometimes I'm going to forget that. But I know that there's nobody that's too far gone. There's nobody that um, cannot um, come back to God again. There's, there's no, there's, you know, just like in that movie, Bruce Almighty, there's no mess that's too dirty. And, and so if you're here today and you're thinking that maybe I am too far gone or you're thinking about somebody else that maybe they're too far gone, don't doubt all that God has for you. Don't. God is a God of power. He was able to do some incredible things. They're all listed out in this book. We can choose to believe it. We can choose to not. I can't necessarily explain God all the time, but, I, but he's undeniable. And so this is what I want to do, is I want to invite you right now 
If that's you, if that's you've forgotten things, you've just, you've been going down this track and you just keep on finding yourself going back to that old ways. You, you, you recognized it at one point in your life and you're ready to go, okay, look, I don't know if, if I can do everything, but I'm just going to start today and I'm going to try my best to have victory today. Then I want you to, I want you to stand up. And I want you to, for us to be able to recognize you and to celebrate that this is that next commitment. Because here, we're the church body, right? And so we now get to come alongside people and, and walk alongside that next step for them. That's why we call that whole thing next steps, because that really is your next step. And so, or, or maybe this is just, this is, um, this is totally new for you. But you're ready to make that step. You're ready to make that commitment to Christ so that you can receive all these things that Paul has. All these things that he has promised us to be alive in Christ, to be that new creation. So if that's you, I just stand up. I invite you to, to, um, to make that commitment here, here this morning. Is there anyone here today that, that is ready to come into life, ready to make that next step? Amen. See, Again, this is what we get crazy about, right, guys? Because he had the courage to say, you know what? I don't have it all figured out, but I'm ready to do this. And so, no, we don't stop clapping because remember, we remember that he became a curse for us, right? We don't, this is something that we are going to celebrate like crazy because in heaven right now, when, I remember when I first became a Christian, the person that led me in Christ, he goes, you know what, John? The heavens are rejoicing. They are throwing the biggest party for you. Right now, that is what's going on for you. And that's something that now, as a church, we get to celebrate. And so here, here's what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass. I just want to say, we just want to invite you. There's some incredible people that just want to pray for you. That we're not going to do anything crazy. We just want to, some people that are excited about about leading you in that next direction. And I just want to invite you, if you're willing, to go and talk to them. You'll see Kim Owens is sitting right over there, and she just wants to sit and just be able to pray over you and, and to invite you and to lead you in this next step. And th- here's what we get to do now, church, is that normally we get to um, worship God through music, um, mostly in the beginning of the service, right? Th- that's one of the main ways that we as a community can praise. That's why we do it through music, because it's, it's a community effort. What we get to do this morning is, one, we've been reminded of the gospel. We've been reminded of all that Christ has done for us. But we also get to celebrate the beginning of someone's eternity. So now we get to, to, to come together. The band's going to come back out, and we're going to sing a couple more songs. And what's going to happen is we get to praise. We get to go crazy about what just took place because the bottom line is it's one person. That's one person to God that he is just thrilled about. And so what's also going to happen is he's going to be able to come back out as a new follower of Christ, as a new believer, that now he gets to praise God for the first time as a believer in Christ. That's something that's just incredible. So please, I invite you to go ahead and stand up. We're going to worship God. We're going to praise him for all that he's done. And we're going to remember the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's just pray real quick.